Well, happy Father's Day, right? Uh, happy Father's Day. What a joy it is for us to celebrate fathers today. And uh, I think most anyone who has any kind of clear-headed thinking knows that a, uh, an engaged father in the home brings stability to the family. Uh, statistics show this. Uh, psychologists know this. In a recent survey by Psychology Today uh, uh, that they reported on, it, it shows us that fathers provide stability to the family, an actively engaged father, not an absent father, uh, not an indifferent father, but an actively engaged father brings stability to the life of his children. A father uh, who is actively engaged in the life of his children uh, makes it uh, 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 43% more likely that those children are going to make A's in school. And an actively engaged father in the home makes it 33% less likely to repeat a grade once it's entered. So that's educationally, an actively engaged father in the home provides educational stability to his uh, children. Um, More importantly, though, you look at that research done, and it tells us that uh, when a father is actively engaged in the home, uh, those children in that home are 90% more likely not to be homeless. That's a pretty good statistic. If, if a father is actively engaged in the home, then only 10% of those children would be homeless at some time in their life. 70% are less likely to abuse drugs or alcohol. 70%. Seven out of 10. If the father is actively engaged, it, it is statistically proven, it's almost indisputable uh, unless you have an axe to grind for something else, it is, um, it, it is a truth and a fact that fathers actively engaged, I'm not even talking about Christian fathers, just any father, actively engaged in a home provides stability for the family. But we live in a world that seems to, uh, right now especially, revel in chaos. And, and we are uh, shaking and quaking in a culture that, and, and a climate that has been hit by uh, just all kinds of chaos and crazy. And in the face of such a crazy world uh, and, and such a, an insane kind of time, who would have thought that we would uh, have been quarantined from uh, normal everyday life for no less than 10 weeks, 14 weeks if you're counting with me? Um, who would have thought that we would still be in a place like this wearing masks? Uh, who would have thought that uh, more people are watching on, uh, 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 online than there are in this room uh, by far? Who would have thought that we would have lived in a crazy, crazy world like this, um, where you have um, all kinds of, of protests, and uh, the protests lead to riots and looting and that kind of stuff? We live in a crazy time, in a crazy world. I'm not making judgments about any of it. I'm just saying it's crazy. So how can we find stability in a crazy, crazy world? Uh, 
Uh, how do we find stability when everything else is shaking around us? How can we have a stability that does not shake? A firm, solid foundation upon which to live our lives. How do we have that? Can we have that? Well, the Apostle Paul says that we can. In Colossians chapter 1, he says, far more important than an actively engaged father in a home uh, to provide stability, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Guys, this is a simple message, and uh, I've asked them to time me, so it's a rather brief message. Uh, If all I did was read the scripture that we've got today, it would be enough. Uh, But I'm a preacher, so you know, I've got to talk a little bit about it. Colossians chapter 1, listen to what Paul declares, beginning in verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him, and all things were created for him. And he is before all things. That means he has priority over all things. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. That means everything holds together because of Jesus. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, which is the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things Jesus may have the preeminence, the supremacy. For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell, and by Jesus to reconcile all things to himself. By Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, and you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in God's sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Paul's praise of Jesus sets us on a path to find stability in everyday life. We have stability in life together when we follow Jesus. You see, without Jesus, there is no world. Without Jesus, there is no church. Without Jesus, we have no life. Without Jesus, our life that we have will come apart at the seams. But because of his amazing love, Jesus gives us stability in and through life so that we are unshakable together. Jesus gives us, those who follow him, unshakable stability. You and I, as followers of Jesus here together, we find unshakable stability together as we follow Jesus, regardless of what happens in the world around us. This is what Jesus was talking about at the end of his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Jesus preaches this Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 as he sums it all up. And I've said this before. You've heard it before. Here's how Jesus sums up that sermon. He says, 
Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. I compare him to a person who built his house on the rock. And the winds blew and the rains fell and the floodwaters rose and the house stood because it was built on the rock. That's what Paul is telling us today. You see, in verses 15 through 18 and 19, he tells us who Jesus is. And he sings this wondrous praise to Jesus. The Christology or the study of who Jesus is is displayed so preeminently in verses 15 through 23. But then, beginning in verses 20 and 21, Paul says, now here's what we must do. The promise of the passage is built upon the foundation of who Jesus is. And if we have hold of Jesus, then here's what we've got. Look at verse 21. I want you to see, let's just, just, uh, verse 23, just look at verse 23. Here's the promise, okay? Verse 23 says, if indeed you continue in the faith. Now, what does continue in the faith mean? Continue in the faith means that we faithfully follow him. It means that we belong to Jesus and we're following after Jesus. It means that we are not derailed by distractions of our own selfish interests or the circumstances around us, but we are committed every single day to set our gaze upon Jesus and to follow after him. So if you continue in the faith, and then here is the promise, and you are grounded and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel. So, grounded and steadfast, what is that? Well, the term for grounded, and this is the New King James Version, the term for grounded means that a foundation has been laid. Okay? So, verses 15 through 19, 20, 21, 22, Paul says, this is who Jesus is. Set your focus on him. Now, what happens when we set our focus on Jesus, when we follow after him, when we submit to him, when we look to him to be the source of unshakable stability in our life? What's going to happen? We're going to be grounded. We're going to have a foundation that is laid for our everyday life so that uh, we are not derailed by selfish interests or circumstance. The crazy world around us, the dumpster fire of our culture, no matter what we face, we will be standing on the rock. The rains come, the winds blow, the floodwaters rise, and we will stand together. Why? Because we are grounded in the hope of the gospel. Jesus Christ, he is our life. But it's not just having this foundation grounded, but it's also steadfast. That term for steadfast means abiding, constant, consistent, unending, unyielding, unfailing. It means that we have a foundation that will not shake for our everyday life, even when the winds that are blowing are hurricane force, even when the rain that is falling is filling up our lives with sorrow, even when the floodwaters are rising, threatening our security, even then we have unshakable stability because of Jesus. When we follow Jesus, we have unshakable stability in this life, and we have it together. So as Paul praises who Jesus is, he's he's leading us on this journey literally to set our focus on Jesus. That's what we have to do. So today I want us to just set our focus on Jesus and see how as we follow after Jesus, as we give our lives to him, as we are faithful and steadfast in following, obeying, cherishing Jesus as our source of of life and sustenance, 
how that gives us unshakable stability. The first is Jesus gives us unshakable stability in knowing God. It's the very first point. We, we have unshakable stability because we get to know God. Not just know about God, not just read a textbook about God, but actually know him. Jesus, Paul writes uh, in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. What does that mean? It means that Jesus, who is and always has been God, took on flesh and bone, became a man so that he might unveil the glory of God on the canvas of humanity so that we might see who God is, so that we might have a chance to know God, to see God and to know God in, in, in his grace, in his love, in his mercy, in his majesty, in his holiness, in his righteousness. We get to see and know God. And this is what gives us stability if indeed we're followers of Jesus. It's a knowledge of God that is personal. It is relational. It means that we can walk with a dependence upon a good, good Father who never fails us, who won't let us down, who is always surrounding us and swallowing us up in his arms of love. The reason Jesus gives us unshakable stability is because he lets us see that God is bigger than any boogeyman that the Fox News or CNN or MSNBC may ever talk about. We have God on our side, and there is absolutely nothing, no nothing, never anything, whether things in heaven or things in hell or things on this earth, absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God the Father in in Jesus Christ who loves us. Now, this is what makes us stable, even when the world around us is shifting sand. We have unshakable stability in knowing God. He is the image of the invisible God. And not only that, we have unshakable stability uh, through Jesus as we have uh, unshakable stability in submission to Jesus. Now, again, second part of verse 15 all the way to verse 17. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Then going on, he is the firstborn over all creation. By him, all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. All right, a couple of things about this. This means that Jesus created everything. There's nothing that is made that Jesus didn't do it. And that means that you and I are made by Jesus. But then he adds this, and we are made for Jesus. All creation, whether you believe in Jesus or not, was, uh, all creation, every human being that's ever been born is made by Jesus and for Jesus. You exist. Whether you like Jesus or not, love Jesus or not, or despise Jesus, you were made for him. That means accountable. There's accountability to that. You and I are accountable to Jesus. That means that we must submit ourselves to him. Now, in that submission, there is a powerful promise. Not only is Jesus the creator, but by him all things consist. All things consist. Last part of verse 17. All things consist. That means that he holds everything together. 
when our world seems like it's falling apart at the seams. Jesus is the one who holds us together. It doesn't mean our circumstances won't sting. Again, understand, the rains will fall, the wind will blow, and the floodwaters will rise. Those are stinking circumstances. But we stand stable and secure because Jesus holds our life together. And we have unshakable security, stability in knowing God through Jesus. We have unshakable security and stability in submission to Jesus. It's in submission to his authority over our life that we find security for our everyday existence. Because he's creator, he's also sustainer. As sustainer, it's a picture of Jesus as the good shepherd. We love the good shepherd, right? Psalm 23, we love that. We read that. Whether you, again, people believe in God, don't believe in God, they want Psalm 23 at the funeral, right? And, and the reason is because it's such a beautiful psalm, a beautiful poem. But more importantly, it points us to Jesus and who he is as creator and sustainer. The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, in, uh, before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know what the promise of Psalm 23 is? Is as we submit ourselves to the rule of Jesus, the good shepherd, he sustains us and holds our life together. Do you want to know when my life comes apart at the seams? It's when I don't submit myself to the authority of Jesus over me. That's as preacher dude, follower of Jesus since I was 11. And that is simply what leads to a shaky life, fearful and fear-filled is when I don't submit myself to the authority of Jesus. Not the things that you want him to do, but the things that he has committed himself to do. Some of us are pretending somehow that we know better than God about how life ought to be. Even now, as you're covered with masks in this room and as you're quarantined at home and online, uh, even now we pretend like we know better than God the way life ought to be. We tell him what he ought to do, but what Jesus says is you want to have unshakable stability in life, don't tell me what I ought to do. You do what I tell you to do. Until we submit ourselves to his authority, we won't taste the full flavor of his uh, provision in our life. So we find unshakable stability in knowing God. We find unshakable stability in submission uh, to Jesus. Third, we find unshakable stability in the perfect leadership that Jesus provides. Um, This is verse 18. Jesus is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. So head of the body, the church. He's talking directly to us now. Every follower of Jesus, we're part of the church. And, and Jesus as the head, that means he is the boss. 
It means he is the source of life, and it is a call for, the, for us together to commit ourselves to follow the leadership of Jesus. Uh, from the time I was a little boy to today, as 52-year-old father and grandfather, I will continue to call my dad for counsel. I want his wisdom and his experience to direct my steps. And although it's not been perfect counsel all the time because he's an imperfect man with partial experience, my dad always, from a heart of love, gives me direction, leadership that I can count on um, nine times out of ten. Because that's the kind of dad he is. My dad is imperfect, and uh, imper- imperfect wisdom and partial experience, but he is, um, he is a great source of counsel for me. Jesus is better than my dad. And Jesus has perfect wisdom and perfect experience. There is nothing in Jesus that has been, um, that, that has been tainted. Uh, there is no uh, part or participle of my life, particle of my life that is unknown to him. He is the knower of my heart. He is the leader that I must always follow. And friends, if we're going to have strong, unshakable stability as the church, it's because we will follow the leadership of Jesus. His leadership is perfect. We can have unshakable. By the way, whenever we decide that our leadership is better than Jesus' leadership or our priorities are more important than his priorities, his priority is to glorify God and win people with the gospel. Anytime we elevate ourselves to a place that's higher than what Jesus is leading us to do, we are headed for shaky ground. We're like the person who built his house on the sand. And the winds come and the waves, uh, the, the, the rain comes and the winds blow and the floodwaters rise and the house falls. Why? Because we're following our own wisdom rather than following the leadership of our head, Jesus. We have unshakable stability in knowing God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We have unshakable stability uh, in, uh, in submission to his authority. He is the firstborn over creation. All things were made through him and for him, and by him all things hold together. We have unshakable stability uh, in, uh, in, in, in his perfect leadership. He is the head of the body, which is the church. And, and finally, we have unshakable uh, uh, not finally, but number four, we have unshakable stability in the complete satisfaction that Jesus provides. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell. What is all this fullness business? Well, it, it, it's, um, it is everything that God has to offer. He transfers it to Jesus Christ who then offers it to us. The fullness. Fullness is synonymous with satisfaction. Uh, this afternoon, I'll go home, and my wife uh, and my family will meet me, and we will celebrate together. She will have cooked a meal uh, like she does, whether it's a special occasion or not. She will have cooked a meal, and it's going to be a full-blown, full-course meal, and there's probably going to be some dessert, so you can watch my social media and see what the dessert is. Um, I, and I'm going to eat. Sister, I'm going to eat big. And by the end of the day, I will sit there in my chair and I will be full 
completely full. Jesus wants to satisfy our soul the way the meal this afternoon is going to satisfy my body. He he wants to satisfy us with himself. All the fullness of God's love, all the fullness of God's grace, all the fullness of God's mercy, all the fullness of God's uh, peace, all the fullness of God's hope. That's what Jesus wants to satisfy us with. We can have an unshakable stability even when everything around us fails to satisfy. When we set our focus on Jesus to follow him, to submit to him, to know God through him, when we give ourselves to him fully and completely, then he will satisfy satisfy us to the very depths of our being. And can I humbly suggest that if you're looking for satisfaction in any other place, you're coming up empty anyway. And Jesus is the only place where we can be satisfied in the deepest parts of our soul every day of our lives. We have unshakable stability in knowing God because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We have unshakable stability in, uh, in submission to his authority over us because he is the firstborn over creation. All things were made through him and for him and all things hold together by him. Uh, we have uh, unshakable uh, stability through his perfect leadership. He is the head of the body, the, uh, the church. Uh, we have unshakable stability in the satisfaction, the complete satisfaction he provides uh, for it pleased the Father in the, uh, to, uh, to deliver all his fullness to the Son. And finally, we have unshakable stability uh, in the acceptance to God that we have because of Jesus. We're accepted by God. Now, look, look at verse 20. In verse 20, uh, we have this beautiful picture that's also terrible at the same time. By him, by Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Verse 21, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Jesus has reconciled us to the Father. You see, uh, we were at enmity with God because of our sin. Our sin has separated us from God, and there is no fix on earth that we can create to make up for the sin that we have done. Our sin had separated us from God. We were hostile toward God. We were enemies of God. We did wicked works because of our sin. Our sin was a death sentence to us, but God in his love sent Jesus to be our peacemaker, to be our bridge builder. Jesus came to reconcile us, to make peace between a sinner like you and me, and a holy God. And he did that by dying on a cross in our place for our sin. And if you by faith have taken hold of that great good news that I am a sinner, but I can be made right in God's sight because of Jesus, then make no mistake, God says to you, because of Jesus, you are accepted and you are acceptable to me, not based upon the works you do or ever will do or ever have done, not based upon you at all, but based upon Jesus having covered you in the righteousness of his perfect life. 
and you accepting his death on the cross as payment for your sin and you placing your trust in Jesus and Jesus alone, you finding life through his resurrection from the dead because of Jesus, not what you do, not what you've done, or what you will do. That has zero to do with us being accepted or acceptable to God. You know what does? I am covered by the shed blood of Jesus Christ that has purchased my forgiveness with God. I am covered in the righteous robes of Christ's perfection. Jesus took my place upon the cross so that I could be forgiven forever. Make no mistake, that is the hope of the gospel. And that's what gives us unshakable stability in this life. Uh, again, my dad will call me. Where I call him for wisdom and counsel, he'll call me. And almost invariably, and I, I, I sent him a, a happy Father's Day message on Facebook, or, or social media. You can look. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you can look. Look at what my dad responded with. He said, I love you, son. I'm proud of you. That comes from a dad who knows every black mark I ever had. As a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, and even as an older adult. That comes from a man who knows every disappointment, every diseased act, every uh, uh, deranged uh, journey. My dad knows it all. And do you know what? He says he's proud of me. Boy, that gives you courage, doesn't it? That gives you, that gives you a great sense of, of hope. Do you realize that's what God has done for us through Jesus Christ? Because Jesus died in our place upon a cross, he made us accepted by God so that today, if you're a follower of Jesus through faith in Christ, repentance of sin, make no mistake, God looks at you and he says, because of Jesus, I am proud of you. I accept you and you're acceptable to me. Not based upon what you do, but based upon what Jesus has done for you. Friends, Jesus is everything to us. You know that I like to go fishing, and when I go fishing, um, uh, the water levels matter. Um, uh, In the heat of the summer, that can become a little bit challenging because uh, in especially a dry summer, uh, the the stream uh, can... uh, uh, the stream, when the water's full in the stream, it, 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 it's life-giving to the fish and it's life-giving to birds and to the insects. It's life-giving to the deer and the bear and uh, even where antelope play. It's, it's, life-giving, it's life-giving to all. And in order for that stream to be life-giving, there has to be water that flows freely through it. But in a dry heat of a summer, if the water dries up, the life-giving power of that stream dries up and the fish die and uh, the antelope go sick. I think what Paul wants us to take away with, from, from this great praise to Jesus and the promise of being grounded and steadfast is that everything... Every idea, every ideology, every relationship, everything in this world that we turn to to find stability or a solution for life or uh, 
satisfaction in living, everything that we turn to is like a dried up stream in the heat of summer, except for Jesus. Jesus is the flowing water of the flowing river of living water that never, ever fades. You want to be satisfied? You want to have a stable life? There's only one source that provides that for us, and that is Jesus Christ. So today, as followers of Jesus, go to the unshakable stability of Jesus. Lean into knowing God and what He desires for you. Submit yourself to the authority of Jesus through obedience, following His leadership every single day, not derailed or distracted by selfish interest or circumstance. Be satisfied completely in the fullness that He provides and celebrate that you are accepted by God because of Jesus. As followers of Christ, that is what gives us life every single day. And if you're not yet a follower of Christ, I invite you right now to come to Christ by faith. See, I believe that the Holy Spirit, uh, the third person of the Trinity, I believe that the Holy Spirit works in the hearts of people who are far from God, who are separated from God by their sin. And he operates in ways that I can't manipulate or coerce. But right now, there are people, perhaps in this room, but certainly who are watching online, and the Holy Spirit has been working inside you. Not really because of the words that I've shared, but certainly because of the good news that I've declared. The Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to see that you are separated from God and that you are dissatisfied with life because you're separated from Him. And you are desperate to know the unshakable stability that only Jesus can provide. That opportunity is open for you. And um, when people ask, what can I do to take hold of that that you've been talking about? I just simply repeat what uh, one of the preachers in the New Testament said. You got to repent and believe. You got to turn from all those dried up stream beds that you've been turning to for satisfaction. You've got to turn away from your sin and you've got to believe on Jesus. You got to trust him. You got to believe that he died for your sin upon a cross. You got to believe that God raised him from the dead to give you new life. And the Bible says that if you believe, uh, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you can be saved, rescued, reconciled to God. If whoever believes on Jesus, whoever receives him and believes on his name, God gives you the right to be part of his family. There's no other way to get there. So today, if you long to become a follower of Jesus, then I want to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to pray the prayer with me. And essentially what we're saying in this prayer is, first, you have to admit that your sin has separated you from God, and you can't fix it. Second, you've got to believe that Jesus is God's rescue for you through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And then third, you've got to commit your life to him. You've got to give him control. And if you will admit that you're a sinner and believe that Jesus 
uh, is uh, God's rescue plan for you and, and commit your life to him, then the Bible says you can be saved. You can be rescued today. You can enter into this transaction of God's glorious grace where you are finally accepted into his family. If that's the desire of your heart, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. And so I invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you long to become a follower of Jesus today, then pray this prayer with me. Nothing magical about these words. These words won't do a thing for you if it's not the intent of your heart to become part of God's family through faith in Christ. But if it is the intent of your heart, this talking to God through prayer rescues your soul. Here's the prayer. Oh, God. I admit that I'm a sinner, and my sin has separated me from you, and I can't, I can't fix it on my own. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that you sent him to rescue me, that he died for my sin upon a cross in my place, and that you raised him from the dead so that I could be forgiven my sin and be given a new life. So today, God, I I commit myself to you. I give you all that I am, my thoughts, my ambitions, my desires, my relationships, my habits. I give you the good. I give you the bad. I give you all that I am. Thank you, O God, for saving me, forgiving my sin, and giving me a new life. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Today, as we close this time of worship, we're going to sing a song of commitment and praise. You see, new life means that old things have passed away and we're new creation. All these new things have come because God has reconciled us to himself through faith in Jesus. And so let's celebrate that. And as we celebrate it, here's what we're celebrating. We're saying, I have stability in this life that nothing can take away because I follow after Jesus. And he holds my life together and he satisfies my soul he has provided the eternal solution and the daily satisfaction that i need 